0: Welcome back to Season 2 of the Wickham Wanderers podcast. We're going to be uploading every single week during lockdown with brand new interviews and chats from some of Wickham's greatest players of the modern era. Not only this, but we're launching opportunities over on our Patreon page where you can support us and gain early access to all future episodes before anyone else, bonus podcasts no one else will listen to, and even feature on one of our shows if you fancy yourself. So feel free to check that out. If not, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast. This week we're kindly joined by former Wickham forward Nathan Tyson. Nathan, how are you doing today?
1: Yeah, I'm great, thank you. I'm great. Enjoying the sun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you grew up in the area I live in now, um, in Reading, uh, and that's where you began your career. Uh, How did you initially get scouted?
1: Um, Basically, I I didn't get into Luton. I was on trial at Luton, and I I was, what, 16? So um, I'd been on trial at Luton for like three months. (laughs) It was the longest Mm -hmm. trial ever, and then to be told that they're not going to take me on. It was pretty disappointing, and then I went uh, on trial at Cambridge and uh, played one game for them. And Cambridge was uh, they wanted they wanted to sign me, but um, it's funny enough, Reading come on the scene. I, I, I was also signed up to to Wokenham Town at the time as well. Um, obviously, non league and and stuff, um, but um, I was basically playing like Sunday league, and in some like they, I think they wanted to feature me into the reserves and stuff, but it. By, the, by that time, like Cambridge, come along, and then Reading got wind of it, and they said no, they want they wanted me there on trial there. So I went on trial for about a month at Reading, and uh, they ended up offering me a contract, which I was absolutely over the moon with.
0: So you went out on numerous loans in a short space of time. Was it hard to move from team to team at such a young age, or was it something you were keen to do?
1: No, I was very keen to do. It. I mean, it, it was um, I, my first loan was made in Ed United, so it wasn't it wasn't a million miles away, obviously. Uh, so, you know, it, it done me good. They just wanted me to go out on loan to toughen up, really. Um, you know, back then my frame was, I was very, very skinny, uh, but it's still really, really quick and had, you know, I had, you know, the ability to, to perform, but I just needed that experience. So going to Maidenhead was definitely uh, the experience that I needed. Uh, it gave me the the kick up the backside, really, in, in terms of playing against, you know, regularly against grown men you just wanted to kick, <laughs> kick the living daylights out of your every game but um, it was it was a great it was a great experience and then uh, I went off to Swansea on loan the the, the season after that um, that was a great experience I was there for three months and um, you know being away from home as well it kind of to be fair I was living in a BNB and b at the time but being away from home was, it was it was good. It was a good experience and um, something I thoroughly enjoyed and lovely people down there, down that part of the world, really did look after me. Um, I, You know, shame I couldn't stay there any longer because I had to come back and sort out my contract at Reading because it was up at the end of the season and I wanted to come back and prove to them that, you know, I can still, you know, I've, I've learned over my last two loan spells and, you know, I want to be part of the first thing. I think, I, you know, I made a, you know... Made some appearances there and then got shipped out on loan again to Cheltenham, which was fantastic. You know, having a taste of promotion as well, in the playoff final. Um, didn't didn't make an appearance in the playoff final, but you know, to be on the bench and be part of it was fantastic. And and Reading got promoted that season as well. And funny enough, I ended up with two promotion medals that season. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it went it went all bad. And it you know, it's going going out on loan. I think is vital, especially for a young lads uh, coming through in a club. Thinks, you know, thinks a lot of you even if a club doesn't you know, fancy your parent club at least you're going out on loan and you're putting yourself about I think a young, uh, young players these days should do it more often mm-hmm.
0: so. so like you said um, you wanted to break into the Reading 1st team and that's exactly what you did um, you were called up to the England under 20 side uh, where you technically have one of the best goals to game ratios of any England forward uh, can you tell <laughs> me a bit, a bit more about that day uh, when you won 2-1 uh, scoring both the goals against Germany
1: Yeah well the funny thing is I wasn't I wasn't down to start. I was going to be on the bench, and then uh, uh, Jerome Thomas he got injured during training in the week, and then uh, Les Reed said, "Right, you know, let's stick you up front and see what you got." And in training, I, you know, I tore it up. To be honest, like you know, <laughs> I did well. And he's like, "Do you know what? Yeah, yeah, you're going to start." And obviously, it just just seemed like all the planets and stars were aligned that day. And um, you know, going out there and playing you know, at my hometown club, uh, in front of people that I, you know, went to school with, who were friends with, and, you know, people who have been in the stands, you know, who are huge Reading fans, you know, coming along to watch, watch the game, it was an absolute honour, and then to do the national anthem there as well, it was, it was a dream come true, um, I couldn't have thought of anything better, um, you know, better place in the country, to go and play, play that game, and then, you know, to score two absolute worldy goals, and uh, it, it was fantastic, and winning the game two one against against Germany as well. So, <laughs> you know, it's um, I think only Scotland would have been better if I played against them. But yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, it was it was a great experience. Um, it's it was like my first proper taste of what it was like for you know the so called Premier League players because I played with players who you know who were on the fringes. You know were at Premier League clubs, and i was i think I might have been one one of a couple of players that are outside the premier League um so to being amongst them, seeing what they're doing and you know what makes them Premier League be at premier League clubs and and getting a taste and a feel of what what they're like, you know speaking to them and it was interesting and you know, you get, you know, the photographers are there at the training ground. Um, I mean, you had a bit of taste, a bit of reading when you're doing well and stuff, but not to this scale that is there for your national team. Um, you know, the coach, everything everything was just, you know, putting putting on the training kit with the with the England badge on it was, you know, unreal. And putting that shirt on was just just a, you know, the cherry on the cake really. It was it was just an absolutely fantastic experience and you know, something that you know, was, you know, it's one of the highlights of my career.
0: Well, your final loan spell uh, in your time with Reading was at Wickham, uh, where you were eventually signed yeah. by our former manager, Tony Adams. Um, was that yeah. a hard decision to make to move from your boyhood club to Wickham? Uh,
1: it was. Um, it was at the time because it was, uh, you know, to go on, I mean, going on loan was, was ultimately my decision. Um I, you know, I'd gone, uh, Alan Padre had left and then Steve Coppel come in and, uh, you know, he's a lovely guy, um, but we just, he, he wanted his own players in, and he, and he had his own, like, uh, kind of, you know, his own, his own philosophy and stuff. And I was a young lad still, uh, but, the, you know, that season was meant to be the season that I was going to be playing regular on the left wing. Um, you know, for for Alan Pardew and for for Reddit because of the season before, you know, I played a few games, I was on the fringes, I started a few games, got into England and, you know, that season was going to be, right, you know, pre-season, flying. um, But, you know, when he left, it was like, oh, Mm. what's going to happen now? You know, Steve will come in and he just... I don't know if he just didn't fancy me, but he just didn't see enough of me i don't think and um, I was traveling away to games but i was i was in the uh, I wasn't even getting on the bench sitting in the stands, and I got to the point where I've just done all that, and i've you know before then I've taken like two steps forward in progressing in the right direction to now doing going ten steps back to what I was doing seventeen eighteen years old years old so I had to make the decision, you know, I, I had a couple of clubs, I had North, Northampton who wanted me online but I just thought I'm I'm not travelling up there and Wickham and I looked at Wickham uh, rock bottom at the time and I thought well what have I got to do is just go there and go and play football and go and enjoy myself and uh, you know speaking to Tony Adams you you know he was Tony Adams as well (laughs) he was a legend and um, I was like look I've got to go and do this and uh, you know lo and behold I I ended up going there and I did really well and I went back to Reading and uh, for a couple of days training uh, my loan was up and Wickham wanted to sign me Uh, you know it made it very clear and um I was just like I don't know what to do you know do I leave and then I I, I got back there and I spoke to Steve Coppel and he, he said you've done really really well we've been impressed with you on loan you don't have to leave you know you don't have to go and sign for Wickham you can stay and I was like oh really and then um, then a phone call uh, from Nicky Hammond Uh, basically said that no he doesn't want you like you know you're best going on your way really which you know which is fair enough okay if I'm not fancied then it's fair enough I'm not saying that Steve Copper lied to me I'm not saying that Nicky Hammond lied to me I just felt so that I was kind of like pushed out where they could just get a fee for me uh, and a good fee for it you know at the time 150 grand is a lot of money especially coming from a club the size of Wickham Um, and it, it was like okay well You know, I had to sit down with my dad at the time and, you know, say to him, you know, what do you think? And my dad said, you've done really well there. Go there. Use it as a stepping stone to move yourself back up. And that's exactly what what I had to do.
0: Yeah, well, as you said, taking a club that was a bottom of uh, League Two and, you know, doing uh, as well as you did for them. Um, You mentioned about the £150,000 fee. Did you ever feel the pressure to perform after it's the first time a club's paid, you know, big money for you? Did you ever feel the pressure?
1: Uh, I was a young lad. I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> when you're young lads, like yeah. you don't have fear like that, you know. You, you know, you look at kids these days. They'll jump off a tree, jump off water, you know. But back, back in my, you know, I, I was, you know, I I didn't have that fear. I had. I I came from nothing. Um, you know, in a lot of people's eyes, school teachers. Uh, you know, old you know football coaches. I was never the player. I used to get jealous because there used to be kids in my school team or my district team. They'll be going off to go and have trials for Arsenal. I never had trials for Arsenal. I never had that opportunity. You know, I went and, you know, I had trials for Millwall. I was at Crystal Palace for a bit. so I signed for Millwall as a kid, but it was too much travelling. And, um, you know, everyone's playing for this club, that club, you know, and I was just lingering in the background just going through what I needed to do so I didn't have any fear I had nothing to lose you know if it didn't work out at Wickham so be it you know I had, I had, a, I had a contract there but it was they never the pressure never come into my mind when I went when I went into Wickham Wickham were rock bottom so how bad yeah. could I have been
0: exactly you know
1: <laughs> I, th- there was there was nowhere else to go you know they, they were pretty much we were pretty much relegated Straight away, there you know, it was the old division, division two at the time, so it was. I had nothing to lose, and I just went there to go and play football to go and enjoy myself, and which I did. And uh, we got relegated, and that was tough to take, but I already knew we already knew that was going to happen. The club was already preparing for League Two football, hence, that season is when it all changed from Division Three, uh, you know. Division One and Division Two, Division Three to now Championship, League One, League Two. So being a part of that process was, you know, was fantastic. And uh, you know, it's just a shame that that season didn't. We should have achieved a lot more with the talent that we had. Because we you know, we had really, really good players, and you know, some of them have gone on to go and play Premier League football. And uh, you know, one of them, Matt Bloomfield, still playing now and been at the club ever since. And so it's You know, you look at the players that we had and what was built on the following season was, you know, we should have have smashed the league. should have absolutely smashed it.
0: Yeah, well, um, the team itself didn't really smash things, but you certainly did. Uh, You had a massive move to uh, Nottingham Forest in 2006, leading them to, you know, eventually a promotion in the Championship and almost to the Premier League. Um, How did you find the step from playing in League 2 up to League 1 and then the Championship? Did you, as a player, did you ever notice... How big the difference was.
1: Um, you, I'd already played in the championship before, obviously, like right, with Reading, so I already had a taste for it. And when, obviously, come to Wickham, I wanted that back. I wanted uh, to play in front of those big crowds. I remember going to like uh, Hillsborough and seeing the state. I couldn't even see the 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 top of the uh, top of the stand where the fans are, right at the back of the stand. You couldn't you couldn't make it out. And it's places like that. And you just think. I want to play there week in, week out. I want to play at these big big grounds. So that's what spurred me on. That was my ambition to do when I came to Wickham. I want to play at these big clubs and I have to use Wickham to get there. If not, get there with Wickham. But, you know, it, it just didn't materialise at the time. So I was already forward thinking of my career further on. So when I went to Forest, my God, was it, I didn't feel the pressure. I still was fearless, and it's a different world. I mean, literally, you're walking down the street and people stopping you in the street. Yeah, I had it a little bit at, uh, at, uh, at Reading, and you know, a little bit at Wickham. Now and then you might, but someone might stop you in Asda once. But you go to Asda you're not in Nottingham, you're getting stopped ten times, and people want photos and stuff. And it, that, that was. That was crazy, you know. That that was crazy. Even then, we were we were in League One. It was phenomenal. Like the it's, it's hard to explain, but it's just crazy. And you just think I'm I'm not really anyone. I'm just here to play football and have fun and enjoy myself. But it was. Uh, but the pressure was different. I mean, you got you've gone from maybe one or two thousand fans. Mike you and stuff might be a bit disgruntled now and then to go into a club where there's 20 plus thousand fans <laughs> that, that could be booing and then disgruntled with you and you know you just think wow but at the time Forrest had come down from the Championship into League One and they were in a transition phase and I came in there um, off the back of a real good goal scoring record from Wickham to come there to stay you know like you know what do you want me to do? <laughs> I, the change room was pretty much gone. Um, uh, it was, it, it was a little bit, it was a little bit poisonous, but it was. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some good lads. It was some good lads, and uh, but you just felt so that the togetherness wasn't there. We were we were a team of individuals, and um, everyone had their own agenda. So, you know, it was uh, it was one of those things. But you know, very enjoyable experience there.
0: Yeah, so you talk about um, having a fearless attitude, which you've always kept with you. Uh, one of the most fearless things a footballer can do is move from one club to their fierce rivals. How did you feel there, um, from moving from Nottingham Forest to uh, Derby County? you remember what the reaction was like when you moved and was there any bad blood uh, when you returned to play them too?
1: Um, yeah, there's also... It, it was a bit of a... It was never a move... That I was initially comfortable with doing, um, but the more it came about, the more sense it made. Logistically, I was, you know, live I live up in Nottingham. Um, it just uh, like it was just it was just it just made it easier. Um, but I didn't have that that many options. Uh, to be honest, I had hardly any options. I, I had talked with Burnley; it, they didn't go any further. Uh, Millwall. Um, they didn't go any further and that, that was about it. I didn't have anyone else knocking on my door, you know, and at Derby that were pushing, they were, Derby pushed and pushed and pushed for me to move there. And I was like, you know, if they're showing me this kind of attention, I can't ignore it. And no matter what their agenda is, I can't ignore it. It's on my doorstep as well. It's, you know, it's 20 minutes, half an hour down the road. It's, you know, it, it, it just made... And I wasn't getting anything from Forrest. I was kind of waiting. You know, I weren't going to go and beg for Forest to give me contracts. You know, I'm not that type of person. I'm not going to walk in somewhere and say, look, you know, what's going on? If you if you really want me, you will, you will say you want me. You'll pick up the phone. And I had no contact from Forrest from my last game against Swansea. And that broke my heart because, you know, I got promoted with him, which... Michael was actually an incredible day and I'll never forget it. And, you know, I had some great memories with him and I wish I had more. And so, I'm thinking to myself, like, I'll speak to my dad, you know, I I sacked off my agent at the time because he was, he was, he was an idiot. (laughs) But, you know, I said said to my dad, I said, Dad, like, we, you know, you heard anything from Forrest? He nope. And uh, he said, Have you? and I said, No. I said, I've had nothing. Absolutely nothing. Mm. And you know, Billy Davis obviously got the sack. Um, and it was pretty much, well, do I want to be at Forest without Billy Davis there? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if that's the right move, but it's still I was still waiting for that phone call and nothing happened. And then lo and behold, I go and sign for Derby. And then afterwards I I, I get a a message saying that there's a letter for me to collect from the post office, and uh, i go and collect it. And it's a contract offer from Forrest and it's uh, it's um, the terms were very, very decreased. I mean, there, there was no terms to even talk about to to agree because I'd already signed for Derby, and Forrest had just put out there saying, "Oh, we offered him the contract, mm-hmm. and he's rejected it." Well, hold on a minute, there was nothing to reject because he didn't even officially put. You only you only gave me a letter which you didn't even send to the right address for one. And two, you didn't even bother picking up the phone to me to have a, uh, a conversation about this. So I was just kind of like, well, you don't do business like that. It's clear, you, you know, you didn't want me, but you've just done that to cover your own back and make it look like, you know, make me look like the evil. one. Even know, yeah, I'm going to the other side, but it was, um, so it was tough on those side of things. I mean, I, I, I got death threats on Twitter and I came off Twitter because it was just pointless. You know, um, and there was a lot of pressure. I ain't gonna lie. I think I think I struggled with the pressure. To be fair, mentally, and um, you know, it, it was it was tough. But to be fair to the Forest fans, they still, you know, they don't really. They talk about the flag waving incident and all that stuff, but, <laughs> but they don't really. You know, they kind of laugh it off, really. And um, I think they appreciate. I think a majority of them actually appreciate my time when I was there, and. You know, they'll say, "Yeah, I was disappointed that you went to Derby." But you know, real fans will understand. There's always a bigger, bigger picture, and there's always two sides to every story. So, um, you know, numerous times I've said the same thing what I just told you, and the reason why I moved. But you know, it, going to Derby, I have to say, absolutely fantastic club, well-run club, lovely people, got along with everyone really well. You know, the staff behind behind the doors and stuff there. They really looked after me, really, really did. And, you know, Nigel Cuff was was all right. Um, but, you know, my first season for me was actually horrendous because I carried an injury for a year and never got over it. And then the following season, I started off well, but I was pretty much second favour, really. When the, when a the new, new striker come in, I was pretty much pushed to the back door. So... And that was, that was it. That was my derby career pretty much over.
0: Yeah, so as you mentioned, um, you know, 2013, 2014, it um, seemed to be quite tough years, struggling with injuries, uh, loaned to Millwall, yeah. um, and then mm. allegedly being forced out of the club by Nigel Clough on, upon return. Um, was mm. it, I guess it must have taken a, a toll on you, um, not as a footballer, but also as a person, to you know, be told you're not wanted anymore and you know, have to find a, a new club.
1: Yeah, it was, um, it was tough. It was really tough because, like you know, like again, I had to find it out secondhand that I wasn't that I wasn't wanted, and you know, it, I always thought that you know after my mill loan, I thought right, well, okay, let's you know next season, you know, just start from scratch. We didn't really have that conversation, so, and Blackpool come along, and still to this day, I thought to myself, I I had second thoughts about it but I just wanted to go out and go and play football. And that was the problem. I wasn't willing to stay at Derby and fight for, to get part of the squad, to be part of the team, to get into that starting 11. Um, I was almost like I gave up, Um, which annoys me now because that's not me. And I went to Blackpool and yeah, it, I, I i think i I went to Blackpool half-heartedly really, like my heart wasn't in it, wasn't in that move um i you know I didn't like the manager as soon as I walked in there for some reason he didn't like me. still to this day, I don't have the answers for that from him anyway uh, and, and mentally i was I was gone my head, my head had gone i'd never i never really got depressed until that point because i thought my god my career is over what am i going to do now and uh you know i was i was mentally broken and i needed to get out of there And my escape was to go uh on loan to 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 nots county and that didn't go well but it was an escape and i enjoyed it in terms of help you know being part of the team to stay up um but you know it was a great experience there but when you come out of it once that was all done and dusted I, I swiftly went off on holiday Um, you know proposed to my wife now and you know thought about other things but you know i was pretty much done with football by that point so it was you, tough times <laughs> yeah.
0: so thankfully you had a bit of a revival uh you moved to doncaster where you claimed you rediscovered your love for football uh finding your form and winning doncaster's player of the year award how much relief was that for you, refinding that form?
1: Yeah, it was massive relief because it just proved to myself that, you know, I wasn't out there to prove to anyone else. I, I had to prove it to myself and get that mental state in, in being able to. It, the, the thing is that what happened at Doncaster is they made me feel, made me feel loved and they made me feel liked. And to be honest, I went there, I had nothing, like, you know, once again, I had nothing to lose. You know, I'd, you know, I'd already flunked the last two seasons in terms of you know it not working out at derby you know going to blackpool it not working out going alone to Mill like, horrendous um it would just it just didn't work um so I was going to Doncaster I went on trial there and the first time I'd been on trial since I was a kid at a football club so that was something to get my head around so I was either like I either do this and it don't work and that's it or I do this and something comes about of it and training I was a bit behind in training the first week but then I started picking up things and then we went on pre-season tour and I fitted in well with a group of lads uh you know I mean James Compton was an absolute still is to this day an absolute inspiration um okay. you know such a talented individual fit like he's he an inspiration he really is and you know players like him helped me gel right into the team and you know, they saw what I had. And that season, I just, I just grew in confidence and, you know, scoring a, scoring a hat-trick in the last game of the season as well. You know, I scored 14 goals, uh, player of the year, top goal scorer, and I thought, oh, yeah, I still got it. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's not gone away. It's just about my mental attitude and how, how I can approach games. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, I wish my career at Doncaster went, went longer. But I ended up leaving um because it just wasn't affordable for me to get actually to training because we got relegated uh, the following season, which was disappointing really because Darren Ferguson came in charge. Um, you know, I've got to give a shout out to Paul Dickhoff before signing him in the first place. It was just unfortunate that, you know, he ended up getting a sack. But then Darren Ferguson came in and he absolutely fantastic manager, coach, probably probably a you know, more of a coach I see because the way that he coached me and coached the players and the team, and what he wanted to do, was absolutely fantastic. Attacking football and and the training sessions phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Top draw, really enjoyed them every single day. But we just went on a horrendous run, got relegated, and you know that was my time up really, and um, it's not really much you can do about that when uh, if you can't afford to get to work, you've got to look elsewhere. And that's, that was the
0: case for it. It must be a constant worry, you know, as a footballer um, with, you know, all these, I'm not, I'm not too, you know, I've never cut as a professional footballer, so I'm not too sure about all the you know, different uh, contract uh, clause and stuff, but, you know, I imagine there's all these um, clauses about, you know, losing money once you get relegated and, you know, wages. Yeah, yeah. How much was it a worry, you know, throughout being a footballer, um, if, you know not knowing where you're gonna be next year because of how the team's going to perform, is that something you always dealt with well, or is that often tough?
1: If that was the first time I think um, that was the real first time where I thought right where where am I going to get this next paycheck from? because I have got bills to pay and stuff, and I don't want to be dipping into my savings quite yet. So I was kind of like that was my first time I was worrying, and then um. And then obviously, the opportunity to go and play up in in Scotland was was there. Um, should I have held up for something else? It was getting desperate at the time. I mean, it was getting to like close to August uh, September time, and I thought, no, I've got I've got to go and go and see this and you know try it out and tried it out it didn't work for me. It worked for me. And uh that's just one of those things, you know, sometimes you go into the workplace, you know, any any ordinary job out there, you just don't work. And uh, it was just something that I just didn't I didn't enjoy and uh swiftly come back and um it was ironic really because I come back from that and I went and had a you know a week's training session with Chesterfield and they were in the League One at the time but they were just they were just basically getting relegated. Um yeah, and they, you know, they said come, come back in the summer, um, and I never got that phone call. So, uh, <laughs> thank God I didn't because the next step was uh, coming back to Wickham. Which exactly. Yes. Yeah,
0: so, after 10 years of uh, being away from Wickham, you came back. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that yeah. uh, call come about?
1: Um, I just got a message uh, from uh, uh, from Baz, the goalkeeper coach, and now. Uh, he said, you know, what are you doing next season? You know, do you want to come down? And I was uh, I, I was toying with it because I was looking for something closer and I was waiting for Chesterfield to get back to me uh, and they didn't bother. And I just thought, you know what? It's training, I need training, I need to go and get a fit, so let's go down there. I went down there and it just, it felt weird at first being back there because there, uh, there was a lot of changes as well in terms of the training ground and stuff. Uh, so but it just something just felt right and speaking to Gareth and, and Dobbo as well and just seeing our things there and, and of course like it was nice being back home. You know, I was I was staying at my mum's and staying at my best friend's house in Reading and it just felt so nice and um, it just ticked all the right boxes and I you know I come back home uh, well come back up to Nottingham. I sat down with my wife and I said, well, how how can we work this if they offer me a contract? And, uh, you know, I went off uh, to QPR and they we, we played a game at QPR. Uh, and then uh, they offered me a contract then and told me the money. And I was like, fair enough, right? <laughs> Let's do it then. And uh, it, was, it was such a great, it was the best decision I'd made. Uh, you know, going back there, uh is yeah, it was fantastic. Fantastic.
0: You continued your form uh, helping Wickham get promoted, even scoring on that uh, day away to Chesterfield. You know, the club you said you know yeah. didn't offer you that contract. Um, how yeah. special was that day to you? You know, you've had many promotions, but making such a big impact on sending your club to, to you know League One, uh, mm. the penultimate day. How was that for you?
1: It was incredible, <laughs> it, was, it really was because we'd had you know, it, it would, I think, we're was waiting for other teams obviously to drop points and Exeter were dropping points Notts County were dropping points and it was just there for us for the taking and it was it was just perfect I mean that day you know I, I obviously Currently on loan to Chesterfield at the moment, so you know, going back into too bad, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to get, well, we we get changed in the away dressing room all the time. So walking there, I have a little chuckle to myself because I swear I can still see the Lucasade and the sun champagne <laughs> stains in the in the in the ceiling. You know? mm. But it was um, you know it was an absolutely incredible day, and you know to score in that to score on that day, and obviously put the performance in what we did. Uh, and then Gapie getting the winner, oh my God, like, Sting's hair's on my back, and, um, it was just an absolute, fantastic experience, and I just, you know, you you take your time to look back on it, and when I first come to Wickham, you know, first, you know, first time round, I wanted to get promoted with them, and I wanted to be, you know, part of that, because I felt so that we had the players to do it, Um, but, you know, so that's when I came back to Wiccan. I said that there's unfinished business in my eyes that I want to get this football club promoted. And, you know, with what Gareth has achieved, you know, it down to him and his recruitment and Dobbo and you know Waitzy and you know, rest of the staff. They are absolutely top draw, top draw. And um, it doesn't surprise me in a way that the Cubs, well, before this all happened, how well they were doing. You know, I believe that they can... You know, definitely a punch above their weight. Um, But great, great ability, great change room, really, really good change room, best change room I've been in. Um, The lads, top draw, top draw, couldn't fault them.
0: So, Chesfield's the current club you're at on loan from Notts County, uh, where you became the first player uh, in history, uh, in the club's history, to score a hat trick off the bench in just (laughs) 23 minutes as well. Uh, Bear in mind, Mm. uh, I didn't realise your birthday was just two days ago, am I right? Turning, yeah
1: that's right Yeah, <laughs> turning, turning 38
0: and, and still playing yeah, 38. And, and still yeah. playing at a high level uh, you often see players retire yeah. by that age what, what is the key uh, to prolonging your footballing career
1: I've just got I just look after myself um, you know you've just got to look after yourself you've got, you've got to keep yourself fit um, and you've got to do the things that you know necessarily can be quite tedious you know going to the gym you know going for that swim recovery right um, you know, it's, I, I think it's, that's the key to it for me. Um, but everyone's different. Uh, people can get through it by not doing much. And, you know, it's 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 just all about recovery time and having a manager that can understand that, look, it's not about me running around 100 miles an hour in training. Look, I need to be rested throughout the week for me to perform 110% for you on a Saturday. And to do that Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday is you're asking a lot for me and I need a lot of recovery time, but I will give you my all. So it's about having that relationship. That's why it was so good for me at Wickham because Gareth had that relationship with me. And he, You know, is a prime example as well. And other senior players, he will give you the rest and he will look after you because he knows what you guys can produce on a Saturday. Um, you know, it's and that is why Wickham will always do really well, especially, well, Gareth will do really well because his man management is absolutely spot on. And when you have a manager like that and you go to a club and they look after you, it's it's an easy, like it just takes that thought away from your mind that you're not falling behind certain players. It's just saying, look, I do this. This is me. This is what works for me. If you want the best out of me and uh, best performances and that I can help the team win games then this is what i have to do in a week and the, the players buy into it anyway so you can't like there's no player that's saying oh god right he's having monday off like why am i not having monday off like stuff like that and it's like well this is what i do i need to recover on monday but you necessarily need to train on monday so it's for me as you get older that recovery time is so vital so so vital for you to to produce what you need to produce. You know, I'm a, I'm an explosive type of player. You know, I'm not like a Bayo who can hold off the whole football team, even his own teammates <laughs> on the field. You know, I'm an explosive, fast player and that's what I need to do to recover. You know, you don't you don't race a greyhound every single day, do you? So it's, <laughs> that's the <laughs> way that I see it. it needs it's recovery. Really but you got to you got to look you got to look after yourself. You have got to do it. You
0: kept you kept your pace, you know, throughout the you know over 20, 20 year career history. I'm I'm only just turning twenty now, and uh, you know I, I, I think I've, I think I've already lost that, that pace to be honest. Uh, but I mean, when when you eventually do retire, um, whenever that is, uh, what are you looking forward to moving on to? Is management something, coaching, or something completely different?
1: yeah I would like to go into the coach you know and doing the badges, and you know I would like to go into the coaching side of things, but there's other things that seem to be popping up, especially having this time off at the moment. It's making me think about other aspects in football that I really do like the look of, and um, there's stuff that I might be exploring in the you know in the near future and see what I can do on that front. but you know it's football. Uh, you know, you can you can easily fall out of love for it, and when you do fall out of love for it, you miss it like mad. And uh, I definitely, right now, you know, I set myself before I come to Wickham. I set I set myself a goal saying that I'm going to play right up to the age of 40, and see where we go from there. Um, but in the meantime, do what I need to do to get myself in the in the balance of when 40 comes, if that's the time, and that's the time to end it. But it's about building relationships with different managers, different coaches, different players, ex-players, and having those relationships. Um, You know, my wife always goes on about me networking, and I'm not really great at it, but I know that I will get there, and it's something that I need to improve on. Um, And it's just noticing and acknowledging that. So whatever happens to me at the end of this career, um, you know, I, I want to look back on it and say, you know, I want to get to that forty mark. That's what I want to get to, and that is my sole focus on what I want to achieve because I feel like that's a milestone for me personally to say, yeah, you're done, you're done, all right, you're done, all right, and uh, I'll be very happy. But you never know, I might be able to play longer than that. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? So we'll see. Brilliant.
0: well Nathan thank you very much for joining on the podcast today and I hope all the best no for you.
1: worries no worries yeah and stay safe and take care and uh, I just want to also want to say while we're here actually because not really mentioning the fans much but you know I just want to say a huge thank you to the Wickham fans because um, you know especially my last year where I've had a lot of injuries um, you've been there supporting me and um, you know I just want to say a huge thank you and I know we didn't really get to say goodbye and stuff but my youngest son was born on the the second uh, second day before uh, the last game of the season so um, (laughs) you know didn't get to say goodbye to people but you know just want to say a huge thank you and uh, for all the support from both you know from both first time round and second time round
0: Brilliant thank you very much Nathan
1: thanks. Thanks mate